Hey guys, what's up? This is going to be me talking. I need to unpack some things and it's sharing time. Uh, I have no idea what I'm going to title this episode. A long ago, I, I did a title called Current Events. And in looking at the matrix of that episode, it didn't do so well. And I think it's because it's a title. All of the articles I've read and listened to a bunch of podcasts and they recommend it's all about the title to draw people in. So who knows what this title going to be? Hopefully it, it drew you in. So welcome. The reason for the long pause is because I got stuck. I'm, I'm going to use present tense. So I am stuck. The things that are happening right now and some revelations that I've had. I... I'm slowly getting back into, I shouldn't say slowly. I think I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much dedicated now <laughs> being involved with all of my extracurriculars on top of other things that I'm trying to do, including this. And I got stuck. So I'm just going to unpack my stuckness for you and uh, just talk it out and see if, if this wiggles some room and lubricates it and start moving again. Remember, but a couple of podcasts back, I made a statement about architecture and the question of does architecture have culture? I recently came across this article in Architectural Record. Last month, the editor asked three African-Americans about race. And in this article, the editor asked three Caucasian folks a question about race. And phenomenal people the stuff that they they wrote it actually answered my question so i'm gonna read some of it for you and then talk about it so um the editor of architectural record asked how do you see whiteness white supremacy and anti-black racism shaping and operating in architecture not only as a discipline and practice but in the built environment easy simple question enough And the person who answered it was Lewis Nelson. This is what Lewis said. Since my PhD is in art history, I first encountered architecture as a field of study teaching at the School of Architecture at the University of Virginia. When I asked my colleagues what were the parameters of architecture, I quickly learned that defining architecture was the critical question that haunted the discipline. What is or what is not architecture? The answers assume there were discrete categories of good architecture, not good architecture, or not architecture at all. And when I asked what defined, quote, good architecture, end quote, I often heard about proportional nuances or a sophistication that relates to certain aesthetics. Those aesthetics were and often presumed to be a cultural. That good architecture raises above cultural context and lives in a pure intellectual sphere of the a-cultural. But because architecture is part of the Western tradition of power, it is not a-cultural, but white. It's important to position racism as a cultural structure together with whiteness. Whiteness is really crucial. As we train students, conversations about aesthetic excellence often ignore cultural and political context. And it goes on from there. I could I could actually read you the entire article too, because this is this is packed full of of juiciness. The fact that architecture is a cultural 
and that it's the intellectual sphere of it. I'm just, wow. People of color are rich in culture. If you look at countries that are predominantly white, like let's like Norway, Sweden, let's pick Sweden for example. The home of Ikea. We all love Ikea. I love Ikea. I got a bunch of Ikea furniture. But it's an aesthetic. It's acceptable. But how deep this really goes. Like I, I don't even know how to formulate that. Here's another thing that happened. There was another article. And this one I, Twitter, uh, this is this is all accounts for Twitter. This article is in Chicago and it's called Reader. And the title of it is A City Within a City. Ten years after the last Cabrini Green high rise came down, former residents looked back at the community that shaped them. So I'm not from Chi-Town. Apparently this is a, a housing project. And past residents talk about their lives there and what are they doing now. After I read this, the first thing I did was compare it to Tyler House. And when I did the comparison, it was like almost exactly the same. Like it, the name um, Cabrelli, it's like some, was named after Mother Cabri. I'm sorry if I'm butchering the name. I can't read. Please forgive me. The cardinal saint of immigrants and the first U.S. citizen canonized by the Roman Catholic Church. The housing project itself, how it became known for violent crime deadly gang activity and inhumane conditions. So Telhouse didn't become, in that sense, inhumane conditions. It didn't, it didn't come to that. I don't remember seeing graffiti on the wall. I don't remember seeing trash, like in the hallway or, or on the steps. I remember smelling urine in the elevator or like doors were always broken. I remember stuff like that, but it, it, didn't, it didn't get that bad. In comparison of how the church put their imprint in that community. And just like how Tyler House was imprinted by Christianity. So that was the two parallels. And then looking at the communities and seeing the people who lived in those communities and what did they become. So in my Twitter, I kind of unpacked it in like 200 characters or less. These people who lived in this project and left, they all were a stereotype. And I, I realized I'm a stereotype. And it really bothered me. It really, really bothered me. There are three stereotypes, right? You either came out the hood, you fight for the hood, or you just became hood. So what, what does that mean, Melissa? So you made it out the hood. And in the article, there was this attorney, Cook County State's attorney Kim Fox. So she made it out the hood, obviously. Because of how she lived, she decided to become an attorney. She took that route. Just like how my narrative now has been, I felt that kids should not be in fear of where they live. We made it out the hood. I no longer live in public housing and she no longer lives in state's attorney Kim Fox. She also made it out the hood. The second one, fighting for the hood, there's activists. And I know that Tyler House has fought to create a, a tenant association. 
So now they have a tenant association. So the is usually a woman that leads this, and because you know, black women have most to invest because we have because because we we have the kids and and so, but anyway, that's that's my side note on that. The, and the last one is you become the hood. And in the article, they had a rapper, and so. It's like you still live in that environment. You become generational. I don't know if the rapper became generational or not. I can't remember. It's like you allow the system to move you. So when they, oh, hey, you can come back after we are done and you get this new luxury apartment building. Meanwhile, 10 years later, we moved you. We lost you. I don't know what happened to you. Who cares? Your kids and grandkids and so forth become part of that system. So you have generations of families living in public housing. And on the side note, that's also a question too. Like, was public housing meant to permanently house people or was it meant to be temporary? The thing is, is it's meant to be temporary, but people are treating it as permanent. My argument with that is it should be permanent. Why can it not be permanent? I don't understand that. Like, it, you cannot expect people working minimum wage to live off of affordability. Like, there's no way. And even when you have two jobs, I know people who are working two jobs trying to trying to make it, and it it's not cutting it. It's just not. So that's that's a, that's a whole other conversation. A couple of weeks ago. Two things happened and I can't really talk about it because I can't, I can't tell you the deets and I so want to tell you the deets. But needless to say, the question of architecture is political came up and I'm like, I have a whole, I didn't say this, but I was like, I have a whole podcast dedicated to this. Like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I was so, have you ever gotten so hyped up? I'm ready to like this, this vomit, this knowledge on you. But A, I was, I kept getting interrupted. And then B, the topic was not about that. It was about something else. So it was in the topic, including architecture in the political sense. So for example, like the insurrection of the Capitol, is it, the design of the capital that caused the insurrection or was it the people that caused did did the structure of the capital did the architecture of the capital inspired people or encourage people to penetrate it and it's a debate right like and you're like, of course not like that's just ridiculous like why would you even suggest that a design influence people to do something. And it was just like, what what are you talking about? The symbolism of the Capitol, it, it, it represents the US, it represents democracy in itself, in its form. So when people stormed the Capitol, it was a symbolic gesture to to overthrow it so did the windows fail did the doors fail you know you it's the little nuances and you're like well it hold when if the doors were shut <laughs> if the doors were shut then yes it would work but kept it open and didn't properly like use the doors or whatever but anyways i didn't watch 
a lot of the video or testimonies or anything like that that's been happening with that. So the whole sh shutting the doors or whatever, I have no insight of that. I have no idea. It's just me talking about, I'm pretty sure those doors are heavy because they're tall for one. They're, they're, they're extremely tall for one thing. I know that for a fact. But anyways, so that happened to me because I was not able to express myself fully. And so that was like on the back of my mind and not so much because you can't really convince anybody anything once they made up their minds. I'm convinced. I always say Judas hung around Jesus from the very beginning and yet he still betrayed him. So it's like you can have all the knowledge in the world. You can see the miracles. You can see how, yes, you are the son of God, but yet here's some gold coins, stab him in the back. Like... <laughs> This is deity you're talking about and you took some gold coins to crucify him. I say that to say who I was talking to, I knew I could not convince them otherwise. You have to like spoon feed people and you know, even, they could do whatever they want with the information. But I got frustrated because I was not able to articulate my point. And I always like to get both sides of the story and I wish I could tell you the whole thing, but I can't tell you the whole thing. Maybe sometime next year I will open up and tell you, but as of now, and it's still on my mind and it still bothers me. So you're going to hear that part now. The second thing that happened has something to do with the first question that I, I, I the first, the, the answer I received about my question about architecture, does architecture have culture? So Tyler House, North Capitol, and New York Avenue. That intersection. This is even going North Capitol Street. And then you hit K Street. K Street is where Gonzaga College is. And across the street, it used to be a parking lot. I don't know if it's a parking lot anymore. They probably built something by now. It's rapidly changing, so I don't know. But that area right there where DCRA used to be. And DCRA moved to Southwest. And now they're moving to Southeast. They just... Uh, yeah okay they just want to spend your permit money so when disinvestment of a community happened and when I say that I mean when I oh let's 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 go back let's say Tyler House right I used the example that growing up there it was not in humane conditions but doors were broken and people pissed in elevator elevators smell like piss so you don't want to ride it like I said, broken doors. There was no graffiti, but let's use the broken doors. So disinvestment means that you leave the doors broken, that you don't fix the doors. And the assumption is that the low income people who live in these buildings, who live in this neighborhood, accept that or did that. And as a lesson, you broke this door. I'm not going to fix it because I'm tired of fixing the door. If this was an affluent or luxury apartment building, the door is broken. Nowadays, everything's cameraed. Everything, you see everything. So the door is broken, you fix it. Door is broken again, you fix it. Door is broken again, I'm going to see who's breaking this door. And then I'm going to build them for that door. In a disenfranchising community, that doesn't happen. Or maybe it does happen, and then people are like, screw you, I don't care then people would just go ahead and charge you. And then, you know, people would like not pay. And the same thing happens. The behavior 
are all the same. And I think that's, that's what, I think that's the whole thing about it is that you want to teach a lesson. You want to be a parent to a grown ass person and ask questions versus people who look like you, people who are, who have money, you would treat differently. Am I, did that make sense? I'm trying not to be black and white because there are times when it is black and white and there's time that is, it's more of a classism thing. And if I lived in a, a luxury apartment, they would fix the door. I would have no problems fixing the door because I pay for this unit. I pay for these amenities. They're going to fix this door because they don't want to presume anything Versus if I lived in a community, a disinvest community, then I don't care about you as a human being. I'm just here to collect money, do what you want. Or better yet, you can leave. There's, there's a gazillion other people who want this place. And that's it. If the door is broken in a luxury place, as a black person, they would assume it's me. And I have to, you know, I'm guilty and I have to prove my innocence. Or they may raise my rent anyway, or they may charge me, and they have the ability to kick me out. If I was a white woman living in low income, they may not accuse me. And they may move a little bit quicker, a little bit faster to fix the door. But that's that's classism versus racism. So anyways, architecture having no culture. And that what the article says, being a-cultural. How does that translate to a disenfranchised community. How can I design in that neighborhood? And what architects would do, what the architectural profession, what would the designer create a a cultural building? Use random material and call it a day to a point where that building could be placed anywhere. So it doesn't say this is a DC neighborhood. This doesn't say this is a... Chicago neighborhood. This doesn't say it's a Dallas neighborhood. It doesn't say where it's from, where you're at. At least with Walmart, when Walmart entered the cities, they adapted to the cityscape because they had to, because there was no giant, you can't put a giant warehouse or even Target. Target had to adapt to the cityscape. It didn't have the vast open space of the suburbs and could just dump a warehouse and call it Walmart. It didn't have that. It had to adapt to its location. So when it comes to like multifamily housing, they all look the same. So where I live, nah, no. Where I used to live and you look at these multifamily housing, it doesn't say what used to be there. It didn't account or look up the history of what was there. And I'm like looking up the history now. And so, but how do you design with that? How do you design the activism that happened in that area? How do you design the fact that they fought to have low income people there? What does that look like? And that's the billion dollar question. You have an opportunity to create a new type, right? Not the, this is poor people housing type. But this is a unique neighborhood that had unique individuals. How do you put mumbo sauce on it? That's what architecture is all about, right? They don't look at the culture of the neighborhood. 
the history of the neighborhood culture and history is the same is it that's a good question that is a good question is cultural and history the same thing culture history and heritage how does that all intermix with everything i'm put down the shelf somewhere but that's that's a good question but why do they not do that is it time come on architects do like a gazillion design charrettes like in in one night like we we can come up with this so it's not that we can't do it or don't know how to do it. We are trained to do this. We just need to do it. But the question is, why don't they? And it's the assumption that there's nothing here. And that's why it's so easy to knock down acres, blocks, super blocks. It's so easy to knock that down because we're, we're helping these people. We are going to put amenities in that they would love even though you never talk to them. So just, uh, so that's, that's what I was going through, right? Like all this stuff was going on these past couple of weeks. And I haven't, I have interviews lined up, but I haven't been on my game guys. I haven't been pursuing. And then the people, the people that I do have, like they've already done other interviews. And so I was just like, oh, it'll be a repeat. I have no problems with the repeat. Actually, you you were going to get one of these like episodes because I was like, oh, it's been a long time since I put one out. I just should just put one out. But no, I decided to sit here and talk to you for a little bit. One other thing that happened that I want to talk to you about. So I got, again, Twitter. I got this message. I also posted this on my Instagram account. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, it is at... Arc is Polly, A-R-C-H-I-S-P-O-L-L-Y. Twitter, they use my, my name. It, so I also have a Arc is Polly Twitter account, same name. But they use my my name, Melissa R. Daniel, Twitter handle. Okay, so this is from Bala Strategies. And so it's at Nino's Index. So it says blank. Is getting ready to design a prison near blank that will torture women, mostly black women and other women of color. This violates AIA's code of ethics. AIA, what do you want to do about it? So I was like, ooh, ooh, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> so I asked, where is this? Like, I need proof. Like, don't just up and just at me and be like this large architecture firm. And you're like, they're doing something. We don't like it. What's up? So I was like, oh, snap. So I just needed proof. So they wrote a letter to the board of directors at this firm. And I'm, I bleeped out the firm. Because, you know, and you know, let me, let me address that real quick. So me bleeping out this firm. Obviously, you can just look on my Instagram or Twitter and see who this firm is. I was concerned. Like, defamation? How does that work? So... I was, I was treading very softly with this because this is just me. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have anything. I was, it, it's a legit concern. Do you want to? I don't. <laughs> okay, so they wrote a letter and you could read the letter in, in its entirety online, again, on Instagram or on Twitter under the names I provided earlier. These people called out AIA. And the fact that they are calling out the code of ethics, right? Like you're violating the code of ethics. So I was thinking about this and in terms of what would AIA do 
And my first instinct is that they're not going to do anything. Like, they're just not going to do anything. Unless, yeah, I, I just feel like they're not going to do anything. And there's probably, I haven't read it. And maybe this could be like another separate episode to talk about. This is membership organization can do. The, the worst thing they can do is kick them out of the organization. I referred the group to design as a protest and architecture lobby. Because I, I don't have, I only pass along information and make sure that people are aware this is happening. But that's all that I could do, really. Yeah, because I, I don't know. Housing is one thing, prisons is another. Even though it's a, it affects the same community, sad to say. There's a lot of other little things, too, that was running in my mind about this. And what is it that I am... If I choose to do something, I have to be all in it. And make sure that I have enough bandwidth, energy, and time to fight the fight. And I'm like, I can't even fight for my own damn self. How do I fight for something else? It's a struggle. It's a struggle. And it's it's a burden that black women have. I shouldn't say, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, everybody has their burdens, right? Everybody has their burdens. But the people who get pooped on the most, you can't see it, but I'm pointing to myself because it's like almost I'm like disposable, to be quite honest. I'm not Oprah. We would love to be Oprah, but I am not. I I, I go back to that article that are that the, from the reader, a city within the city and activists, the people who form these tenant associations. The black women who have kids that they want to make sure they are raised right and not die because of violence. Or me, who's trying to figure out where I lived, where I'm from, and how does that relate? And how can I make this dumbass career better? So so that's that's what's on my mind, guys. It's been great um, talking to you. I'm talking to myself. And you're listening. Till next time. Bye. Hey listeners, I have an exciting announcement. I decided to launch a membership program for the show where you have a chance to support me and the show directly. I love creating the show and it means the world to me that you all tune in to keep hearing me week after week, but it takes an immense amount of time and energy to produce. I want to keep the show going and I want to invest in its growth. And I also want you to become a partner with me in this journey. That's why I'm excited to give you a chance to officially become a supporter of the show at glow.fm slash archispolly, A-R-C-H-I-S-P-O-L-L-Y, or by clicking the link in the show notes. It's quick and easy. It takes less than 30 seconds and just takes clicking a link in the show notes and using Apple or Google Pay. You don't have to create any new logins and you can contribute as much or as little as you like. If this show is part of your day or week and you like what I'm doing, then visit glow.fm slash archespolly, all one word, and support me and the show in any way you can today.